going to get fired. We're going to be in so much trouble. Yes, I want the Maserati. Yes, I want the Academy Award. I wanted it when I was 12, and I still want it to this day. I wanted to talk a little bit about your acting career. Um, I read that you, you started in, in the Navy in, in 1951 doing special services entertainment. Could you tell me a little bit about what it was like during that time? So this, uh, these, is, it's very uh, camouflaged because what I did was run the pool hall and uh, the rec room and ping pong and showed movies. So that's what I uh, did most of the time in the Orient, in Japan, and uh, in the land base there, naval base. And in Hawaii, I was there for a while too, so. And then when I got out, uh, my sister was in a play and I went to uh, see it. It was um, a play called Dark of the Moon, which is a very theatrical, I don't know whether you know it or not, yeah, it's a very theatrical, extraordinary play, uh, kind of sexy, and you know, so I got, I got really fascinated by that, and went backstage, met the director, and he, and I became friends, and finally, coaxed me into being in a play, which was fine, and I liked that, and then, then I did um, a bunch of plays for him in Louisville. And then he got me a job at a summer stock company in Virginia, then another one in Delaware. And from there, I went up to New York. And when I was when I got to New York, I got uh, almost immediately a play, which was uh, sort of unheard of, everybody said, but I was lucky, I guess. And then I joined the, the New York Shakespeare Festival. Uh, which is uh, run by a guy named Joe Papp, who's passed on. But the theater is still there in Central Park and uh, run by the, uh, the, the theater is owned by the city, but he does his plays there. So I did about 10 Shakespeare plays there over a couple of years. Right. Then I got a play on Broadway and then did three or four plays on Broadways. Wow. Um, so I was also reading that after you played did did theater, um, you worked you worked your way into film and television, um, yeah, in films like Lethal Weapon. Oh shit! Do you smoke? What the hell has that got to do with anything? Do I smoke? Do you smoke? Yeah. Give me your lighter. My, my lighter? Your lighter? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Right here. Do you have a preference between the television acting? and the style of a movie being on a movie set? Oh, movies much more, uh, much more um, helpful and it's in, it allows time to do the thing and it allows, uh, and if it's a good script, which a lot of them aren't, but, uh, and some of the, a lot of ones that were big hits that I did, you know, their Lethal Weapon was a huge hit. Uh, and uh, too bad I was killed in the first first one, or I would have probably been in the other ones. Right. <laughs> That's bad luck. Liar Liar was a big hit. Gross Point Blank was a big hit. What have you been doing with your life? Uh, 
professional killer. Oh, good for you. It's a growth industry. Anyway, I was in uh, when I was at the Barter Theater years and years ago. I did a Robert Mitchum came to see the the uh, play that I was in, which was The Rainmaker, and he he uh, offered me a little part in his movie. He was shooting Thunder Road, which was turned out to be a kind of a, a drive-in classic. Right. A lot of car races. I don't know whether you've seen it or not, but. It's a fun movie, and um, and uh, there's a funny story about it. I, I I I was 22 years old or something like that, and I I went down to Asheville, or, which was only about 90 miles away, and and I was waiting. You know, I had, and the first scene I had was with him, a two-minute scene with him, and so you can imagine how nervous I was, and um, so I. Uh, I was waiting around and then he came out and they said, okay, let's do this scene. And he looked over at me and he walked over to me very slowly. And when he got to me, he said, I want you to remember that I'm big Mitch and you're little Mitch. <laughs> and then he said, shall we uh, shoot this scene or would you like to rehearse? I know you uh, theater people like to rehearse a lot. So I said, no, 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 let's shoot it. That was my initiation into the movies, which was great. And we became great friends after that. For I didn't see him that often, but when I did, we were we had a grand time. And, and uh, uh, I uh, enjoyed his company. He was a great rock and tour. Everybody enjoyed his company. But I was on the road with a play called A Moon for the Misbegotten, a, a theater guild tour with Salome Jens and we uh, we were playing, we've been across the country and we were playing in Los Angeles and Lee Marvin and some of the uh, director and some came to see uh, the play and cast me in this big Western. How they got that from that play, I don't know. But anyway, Monty Walsh, which was a big uh, smash hit uh, movie at the time. This was 1970, I think. Makes no difference. They belong to Slash Y. Slash Y? Stop planning about something innate anymore. The kind of life you're talking about is dead. Snow buried it last winter. It ain't dead. As long as there's one cowboy taking care of one cow, it ain't dead. Dumb egg sucking. I got hooked into horses and all that stuff, you know. But... Yeah. I got to speak with an actor named Jack Betts, and uh, oh, I know Jack. Um, you know Jack he, Betts? He's gone, I think. Isn't he? No, he's he's still here. He's actually oh, writing good. a book as well. Oh, great! Yeah, I haven't seen him for years and years and years and years. But uh, he's a fine actor, uh, Jack. He's it was a very inspirational talk. He told me a lot about westerns and how how those work. So I mean, that must have been pretty exciting. Oh yeah, it's uh, they're amazing. <laughs> They're amazing, and uh, the stuntmen are amazing people, and the uh, horse, the stock, and everything is just a totally different thing. You don't actually really have to act very much because you got the, all the gear on. You got six shooters on your side, bang, 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 and you got a horse to ride. And we're out in the middle of the desert in Arizona, so not much to do. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. To be there, right.
anyway, it was great fun. So I stayed at that point, I stayed in, in Hollywood and moved here and, um, and started doing television, a lot of, a lot of television, a lot of, a lot of movies and stuff. And it was great fun. And also my friend, Ralph Waite, who has passed on, um, he was uh, played the father in that big, I forget, anyway, a television show that ran forever and ever. Uh, and he and I and uh, several other people started a little theater so we could get, uh, keep oiled up in the theater. So when we weren't were doing a movie, we could play, we could work in the theater. So, which was really kind of fun and marvelous. Absolutely. What do you, what do you find yourself being asked about most often back, back in the day where you actually ran into people on the street before all of this? Well, people always sort of, uh, I'm the kind of actor who they say, God, I know you, I know you, you were in, what's your name? <laughs> you know, it's one of those kind of things, you know. And I'm, I'm always shocked when somebody knows my name, which is kind of great. <laughs> but I did uh, 65, 70 movies or something like that, unbelievable, you know, so, and uh, hundreds of television shows. So my face was all over the place for a long time. And, but, the, you know, being a supporting actor, and uh, I played the lead a couple of things, but mostly supporting parts and... Uh, you don't get your name doesn't get remembered very much, you know, which is fine with me. Right. But, but they, nonetheless, it was so recognizable that I, I got stopped a lot. Right. Yeah, I still do now, now and then. You know, I haven't been out for a year though. Come to think of it. <laughs> exactly. Are you a fan of any of today's cinema? I know you said you like to keep the TV off as much as possible, but. Uh... Well. Uh, I see, uh, I see movie boy that I saw that, um, that one about the, uh, uh, metal drum or what was it called? With the, um, steel, anyway, the guy's a, a drummer and he goes deaf. Oh. It's up for, it's up for an Academy Award and he was strung out on dope and it was an incredible movie, really marvelous. And uh, um, let's see, I, I, I like to look at old movies, you know, The Maltese Falcon and Guns of Navarone and things, you know, this great old movie. I watch them because they're all over Netflix and yeah. know, whatever, you know, which is what's great. You can get, get them. Yeah. And then the last thing that I, I want to do for the series is, um, the kind of wisdom seeking part. So, um, my audience is generally, uh, younger teens to, uh, people in their twenties. And, uh, I'm doing this series to get a message or a piece of advice from, from each of my guests. Is there, do you have a message or something that you tell people who are aspiring actors? Well, not necessarily, but I can tell you uh, uh, my story that in all of this, 
early part of my life, I, I became very strung out on alcohol and it was ruining my life. It, it could have ruined my life. And because uh, I've seen it ruin a lot of people's lives. And what happens is, what happened was the theater was such a powerful thing that if you're hooked into the theater, it'll carry you and you work, you have to work and work very hard at your cred to learn the skill of acting. And then you can do any part you want, but you have to have the skill. You have to learn the skill. And that's what I did. And that's what saved me. And um, it's uh, uh, an enormous gift to have something that you can really, really bring your whole life, your body, your emotional equipment, and your brains too. And because there's so much nonsense going on all around that you've got to focus on something that's really powerful. I like that. And I would say it's akin to religion and uh, because it has that kind of compulsion. If you really want it, if you really dig in and want it and, and nobody can deny you, you, you cannot be denied. I mean, you may get rejected for part this part or that part, but if you stick with it, you will get somewhere, you will make it and you will be able to make a living and you will love it as I did and as I learned to do. And then the great uh, people that helped me along, George C. Scott was a great influence and helped me and Jason Robards, Christopher Plummer. These guys were great examples of powerful, powerful actors who really uh, pulled me along. And also uh, there is a uh, inner world that you can get connected with. You know, it's not all bullshit out front. It's an inner thing that, that where the real deep, powerful acting comes from is an inner movement. And uh, if you find that, you'll never let it go. It's just extraordinary. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. This was uh, this was great. This is actually my first interview of the series. So thank you for joining me. Oh, oh great. Sure. And uh, good luck on your whole series and everything. Thank you. Yeah.